Hello and welcome to Lessons with Dad. I am here today with my daughter Ruthie. Hi. All right, Ruthie, are you ready to continue with Luke? Mm-hmm. All right, so we're in chapter 14. And Ruthie, if you'd like to begin. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. There in front of him was a man suffering from drop- dropsy. dropsy. Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts in the law, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. So taking hold of the man, he healed him and sent him away. Then he asked them, if one of you has a son or an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath day, will you not immediately pull him out? And when they had not had nothing to say, when he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told him this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of well, honor. Hold on one second. So that was good. So th- th- that's a... This, again, he's in the house of a prominent Pharisee, right? So a prominent person in the church, and he's there. And again, it's it's interesting as we read through this, that over and over in the book of Luke, Luke points out these stories where Jesus is healing on the Sabbath, right? And why is that important to them? What's important? The, well, that he's healing on the Sabbath. Because it was supposed to be a day of rest. That's right. And what did the Pharisees do? Oh, high knuckles, by the way. It is supposed to be a day of rest. So what, what and what was Jesus doing? And, and the Pharisees had made all these rules, right? That said, this is rest and this isn't. But those weren't God's rules. They were man-made rules that the Pharisees had built up over hundreds of years to say this is work and this isn't work. So like you said, they think maybe healing is work. And Jesus is trying to point out that clearly it is not work. And you'll do these other things that you don't consider work, like if something falls in a well or this happens, you'll obviously pull it out, which clearly takes work and effort to do. But healing a man is an act of kindness and generosity. And those are the things that God wants to do. So he's trying to point out to these people over and over and over again, their wrong thinking and why he has come not only to save everyone, but to point them, you know, to God in the way uh, that he has intended. And, and then he's going to tell this parable. So go ahead and read this. Um, you skipped that part. Which part? Where, where? This whole like paragraph. Oh, shoot. Sorry. Continue. When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this man your seat. Then humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he will say to you, Friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all your fellow guests. For everyone who exalts him will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Then Jesus said to his host, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, 
and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and when and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. So he's talking here in the first part. I don't even think he's talking, uh, Ruthie, about uh, times there. I think he's talking actually um, when people pick the places of honor. I think he's actually talking about heaven there. And so people pick places of honor. Um, and what he's saying is, you know, pick the lowest place. And while you're here on earth, pick that and you'll be honored by God. Don't think of yourself as above other people. Think of yourself is equal or lower than people because we're all, and the point here is we're all sinners, right? Don't go around trying. And so these Pharisees would always try to pick places of honor at table at, when they would go to dinners or use their status in the church uh, to get things. And what Jesus is saying is don't clamor around earth looking to gain honor. Consider yourself lowly and God will honor you at the appropriate time. And so, and then he continues with, hey, don't do things for people that will just repay you. It's right. It's nice to take your friends out to dinner and do that and have a banquet for them. And then next time they have a banquet, they'll invite you. What he's saying is do things for the poor, the people that can't repay you and you'll get your reward and your reward won't be here on earth. It'll be where? In heaven. In heaven. And who's going to give you that reward? Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. And so that's what he's saying. And he's trying to line this out. He's saying the economy of God and the things that are valued on earth are not the same things in the economy of God. And I think that's one really interesting thing that Jesus points out throughout his parables and his teaching is that the things that we value on earth that are important to humans and what we take honor for where we sit, and this can be money and things like that, or how, or things that we think are important and we get pride from where we sit or who we know. Um, and so God, God's rearranges that, uh, and Jesus rearranges the order of things in God's economy. All right, here we go. We're going to talk about the parable of the great banquet. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the man who will eat the, at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and make them come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those men who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. That's right. And so someone, and he's really talking about God's banquet in heaven. 
but you know, he has this, uh, this banquet and he's invited all these people and everybody have excuses. Why not? Why they don't want to come or why they can't come. They're too busy for this or too busy for that. And I think what Jesus is talking about here is be careful in what you're doing. It's, it's, uh, it's important to be focused on God and on the things of heaven. And like, kind of like we were talking about that economy and God is going to have people in heaven, these ones that we don't expect. And God's going to turn to the people that need him and want him, not those that think he's too good for him, right? So many people think they're too good or uh, everything's going well for them and may not be able to um, give God their time. And he's saying, no, no, you want to be at this banquet in heaven. You want to be uh, there with God and Jesus is going to be the one presiding over that. So, all right, let's continue. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them. He said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. What? What did he say? Did you, you, what did, what did Jesus, that doesn't sound right. What did he just say there? Read that again slower. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother. Does not hate his father and mother. Are you kidding me? His wife and children, his brothers and sisters. Yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Right. And so do you think Jesus really wants you to hate? What I think is he using, does he want you to hate your mother and father, your brother and sister, your husband and wife? Does he want you to hate them? No. No. What do you think he's really saying here? Because he finishes it with kind of what he means, even his own life. What is he saying? And it kind of goes to all the stories he's told here, the last parable, getting to heaven when things people were too busy and things were too important to them to come to the, the party that had been thrown or the banquet that was thrown. What is he really saying here? What do you think? Because um, clearly we all know Jesus isn't saying you need to hate your mother and father in those things or your own life, right? What What do you think he's saying? I don't really understand what he's saying. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? And it's weird. And that's why I wanted you to repeat it because you go over it. And it's important to read these things that are hard, Ruthie, because the Bible can be examined. And that's why as intelligent people, we need to look through this and understand what the Bible says and ask hard questions. And so this part right here, when Jesus says this, I think what, what he is saying, Ruthie, what he's trying in it, and it goes back to the the things he said before is don't love the life of this world. He's drawing stark contrast between heaven and earth. Don't be so tied down to the things of earth that will perish and will go away. You need to be, you need to care about heaven and make sure you make it to the banquet, right? Don't, don't be so obsessed with your oxen and this and that, and those things that people thought were more important. Uh, to go do than come to the party and the banquet that had been thrown. If you threw a party, Ruthie, if you threw a party and people said, well, I'm too busy, I've got this and, and no one showed up, how would that make you feel? Um, Like annoyed because I knew like not every single person couldn't make it. No, that's right. Not not only could they not make it, I'd, I'd probably be a bit insulted that they thought those things were more important than what we had going on, Right. And certainly God would feel that way. And I think often God and what Jesus is saying here, 
don't love your life. Don't love these things here on earth more. He's saying, you know, our time on earth, we, we need to be looking and have so much love and desire to be up in heaven. And it kind of goes to, we have a speck of time here on earth in an eternity in heaven, right? A sliver of paper when compared to measuring the distance from the, from the earth, you know, to the, to the clouds. Right. And so we're here for a very, very small fraction. You should not, your time and focus and your mind should be way more time spent on caring about what's in heaven and, and not be so attached to the things here on earth. So he's not saying, hate your mother, hate your father, hate your brother. He's not saying those things. He, he says that, but he's drawing a contrast of, of your time here on earth. You should not have everything tied to it. You need to love God and be working towards the kingdom of heaven, which is where we're going to spend eternity. Does that, does that kind of make sense? And I think he's really trying to get people's attention here, right? That that should get your attention when you say things like that, right? So continue on. Let's see what else he says. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and it's not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will not ridicule him saying this fellow began to build and was not able to finish or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king will he not first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000 if he is not able he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace in the same way, any of you who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pie, pile. Manure pile, yeah. Manure pile. It is thrown out. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So Jesus is saying, and he's speaking in parables right here, Ruthie, and we, he knows what he's saying is not easy to understand, right? And he's speaking, he goes back and forth about talking, he uses things that people understand and know about, right? Whether it's a farming or a banquet or a party to try to explain things of the spiritual nature and of heaven. And it's difficult. And these are some tough parts. Um, and so... We're going to get into some parables in chapter 15 that I think are a little bit easier to understand. But this is what he's talking about here is the cost of being a disciple. And that that cost is, and this is to follow God and, and following Jesus and following God means you care more about the things in the kingdom of heaven more than you carry or more than you care about the things here of earth, right? Getting money or having fame or being popular or uh, whatever those things might be. Does that make sense? And so a mm-hmm. little challenging there. Next session in chapter 15, we are going to get into some of it's chapter 15 is one, one of my favorite chapters of the Bible. And it's really neat. These parables that he goes through there uh, are amazing. And so they're uh, 
just have a lot of depth and some very simple uh, parables that continue. Any any other thoughts on what we talked about today? Mm-mm. No. Well, very good. Thank you, Ruthie and everybody. Thank you for listening. <laughs>